Technology can oftentimes be useful, entertaining, and enlightening. But there are some other times when it can be terrifying. This week, find out what happens when a man obsessed with a bizarre new website begins to find some striking parallels to it in his own life. We call this one, This Person Does Exist. Being sick sucks. However, that's not to say it's completely without its benefits. Martin's anxiety was extremely mild, bordering on non-existent, but he still had the occasional flare-up. He didn't feel guilty about embellishing it to take a few days off here and there. Being tight on cash was cool with him, since he didn't harbor an outgoing bone in his body. He'd much rather play video games, chat with friends online, or fall down the proverbial internet wormhole. He'd seen other people abuse it in a much more extreme manner. There was one girl at work who was gone more of the year than she was there. So what was the problem with him taking a day or two to order a pizza, his favorite edible pastime, and read the latest gossip on the cyber message boards? The Family and Medical Leave Act had been put forth back in 93 to give people an out from work without any negative retaliation. This was in the event they were having family, medical, or mental issues. The mental issues portion was where people seemed to be able to manipulate. Most doctors aren't psychologists, and even if they were, there was plenty of wiggle room. It was pretty much as simple as researching and noting the symptoms of an anxiety disorder and then putting on a mildly credible performance. Almost anyone could pull it off. And if your own doctor was suspicious or didn't want to sign off, you needn't look far before you'd find one that would. About five minutes of online research could locate you someone. Martin didn't have to enlist that much effort, though. His longtime practitioner, Dr. Wigman, found his diagnosis more than plausible. In fact, it was almost a bit concerning how quickly he jumped on board with the concept like he'd seen it stirring inside him for quite some time. To Martin, he was just gassing him up, but to Dr. Wigman, this was a long overdue step. What did Wigman really know, though? He saw him about once a year, maybe twice if he got the flu or something. He was certainly no shrink. During most examinations, it felt like he barely paid any attention and just went through the motions. Sure, Martin knew he was a little weird, and probably more antisocial than the average Joe, but this wasn't something that was detrimental in his eyes. It's not like he was depressed every day. He just envisioned human existence through a more futuristic lens. His preference being virtual relationships he understood made him different. By 34, most men would have a sense of urgency, wanting to figure out who to spend the rest of their days beside. Martin believed that he would find greater satisfaction being left to his own devices. Having his freedom, his individuality, 
It overrode any exhilaration dwelling regarding a potential in-flesh romance. This same philosophy applied for friendships. His preference was to be available by his own watch. If he didn't crave conversation, he could simply appear offline instead of having to explain in person or by the phone. Life was simplified for him in this way, since he'd never been particularly great with spoken words. It didn't help that he looked like a weirdo either. He had curly black hair that was seemingly impossible to style. Whichever way he parted it, and regardless of how much product he put into it, his hair looked like complete shit. In addition to the permanent annoyance, he had one of those embarrassing short beards. You know how some people can only grow patches in specific areas of their face? So this was one of those that the individual growing it really just shouldn't be, because it looks like they've glued cat hair to their own face. All reasons considered, that was most likely why he'd been attracted to factory work. The social interaction was minimal. If he avoided any fuck-ups, which was easy enough to do, this was a factory, not a space station. He could almost completely evade any conversation. Plus now with Wigman's diagnosis, he could control and schedule his moments of reprieve. It really didn't hurt anyone, he reasoned. The worst of the quiet damages would be felt by his employer. They would usually need other workers to account for the workloads that he and the others that decided to play the system left behind. So if you really thought about it, in a way he was helping his co-workers score some overtime. He was forcing the factory to reach a bit deeper into their pockets, but this is a corporation that was worth tens of millions. A Crimea River kind of situation if there ever was one. He could see management was far from thrilled when he brought in Wigman's note, but there was little they could say or do. Avoiding a lawsuit is a sensible corporation's top priority. Plus, otherwise, he was an admirable worker. If he didn't abuse it excessively, he should avoid ruffling the feathers of anyone that mattered. Now for the next few days, it was time to play. He'd start his Monday off on the message boards. Even though he'd been on there most of last night, there were constantly new topics up for review. Oftentimes, the recent whispers required further investigation. It would never take him long to find something that piqued his interest, and today was no exception. He quickly found himself deep down the rabbit hole, clicking from one absurd concept to the next. It was a fun game, alluring considering you never know where you might end up. The mystery of it all was highly arousing to him, especially when he reached a really strange one. He sifted through some of the overly paranoid posts, painting a progressively more disturbing portrait regarding the future of artificial intelligence. It began quite cartoonishly with tales of technology being implanted in people by guardians that were described as the controllers. This was followed by more feasible but constantly regurgitated sort of prophecy that Terminator 2 gave way to. Robots prepping for war with society, a takeover eminent based on our own human ignorance. A few clicks deeper and he moved back to machines meshing with man, becoming one with technology and fusion. Some source links were embedded, showing examples of engineers who had already fused microchips into the human brain, providing people with abilities that were certainly not God-given. Conspiracies around increasing intelligence amongst children of the elite and giving back movement to previously lame limbs were some examples offered. These were things he'd seen previously and found highly engrossing, but not today. 
He'd already amassed a deep familiarity with these topics, and the hunger for something different lingered inside him. It didn't take long for him to find it. The Internet's most recent gift lay at the bottom of its flickering monitor. The post was titled, This Person Does Not Exist. How peculiar, Martin thought to himself. This was the sort of thing that raised his antenna. A post with little explanation, something that he had to dig into and figure out for himself. The few lines of minuscule information available read as follows. Strange new website uses AI to conjure faces of people that aren't real. It seems to only create a picture of each person from the neck up, but it can also be a man, woman, child of all shapes and colors I've noticed so far. Also, some accessories will appear, such as glasses, hats, and jewelry. Look at the teeth and ears. It's where the disfigurement can occasionally be noticed. Refreshing your screen will create a new person each time. I've also noticed some bizarre imperfections that appear to be black holes stirring in on the skin. Garbled clusters of flesh also appear on or beside them during certain generations. This is most likely due to a gremlin in the technology. It's safe to assume that this is a low-dollar funded project, being that there seems to be zero trace of it anywhere. Defects aside, it's still very entrancing. They have this realistic, creepy sort of quality to them. I can't seem to stop wanting to generate new ones, and I keep wondering what the next one will look like. Will it be nearly flawless, or another strange yet unintentional horror? When I locate an image that I truly find captivating, I'll usually download the picture since refreshing deletes the prior person spawned. I've run these through multiple sophisticated facial recognition databases and also reached out to other web sleuths with impressive credentials and no one's been able to find a trace of these people. It's seeming more and more like the website's title isn't false advertising. These people do not exist. I can't help but wonder, if they don't exist, what is their purpose? Does anyone have any knowledge relating to the creators of this site and what its motive might be? There seems to be no public information on this evasive topic. The site just simply exists, but apparently the people don't. At the bottom, the author provided a link to the site in question. There were no comments on the post at this time, probably because it was only put up an hour ago. He would be the first to get a crack at it. He knew he should probably start his research before looking at the site, but curiosity was getting the better of him. Black holes and garbled flesh was too bizarro, too appealing. He clicked the link and up came the site, displaying nothing more than a digital picture from the neck up. The first one that arrived was a portrait of an older man, his hair more salt than pepper, eyebrows dark and bushy, sitting above a pair of wire-framed glasses. He was slightly wrinkled with an olive complexion. Nothing really out of the ordinary on this one. The background was blurred, 
but not in an unusual manner. Everything about him looked legitimate, like this could have just been someone that he'd passed on the street in his route to work. He then recalled the post's suggestion that asked the readers to examine the ears and teeth closely. Martin noticed the way the old man's head was positioned only left one ear visible, but nothing looked out of place. He then magnified the old man's teeth, which from his current vantage point looked quite normal. Once the image was blown up, though, it was easy to see. The teeth at the bottom were distinguished singularly by black lines separating them. However, the top row displayed like five teeth were one. It was like the man had a lone solid bar of enamel running across the top of his gum line. This was very abnormal indeed. He didn't know what to think of this. So far, the notes of the initial post seemed to be accurate. Sometimes people have a tendency to jump to conclusions on message boards and post unsubstantiated claims without an objective investigative routine. So far, it seemed as if the article was being conservative, though, adding to its credibility. He decided he must generate another one to see if it could be replicated, or if something different would arise. The second person to face him was an Asian woman, her eyes directed toward the camera's lens, burrowing back through him. She had straight black hair that was tied back by a unique bright red headscarf that matched the collar of her shirt. Her lips were closed so he wouldn't be able to inspect her teeth, but made note that they were painted with a pink sparkly cosmetic product. In addition, he'd noticed her ears seemed odd. The left one was pierced with a round silver ball attached to it, but normal even when zooming in closely. The right ear, however, seemed to display traits that were in the message board. It was a sort of knotted ball of meat dangling from the side of her face. When zooming in to the maximum, it looked more psychedelic, like the vibrant innards of a kaleidoscope melting inside an oil spill. Something told him to save it. This one disturbed him for reasons that were not immediately clear to him. He did just that, and refreshed again to reveal a much more upsetting photo. This one looked to be a white male in his late 20s, the man's eyes were glued shut, and his short, dark hair was arranged in a spiked bedhead fashion. His nose appeared to be liquefying right off of his face. It oozed downward, falling toward what was by far the most concerning area to show itself yet. There was a gaping vortex swirling where his chin and throat would normally be. More of the vivid, colorful madness that he'd seen in the close-up of the prior photo in addition to the black hole previously mentioned in the post. Everything else about the man looked so real, which made the most impossible parts that much more difficult to digest. He would save this one as well in an effort to have a record of the different anomalies that appear on the site. He spent the next couple of hours reaching out to fellow researchers in his community, showing them the links and emailing the pictures in question while still in the middle of his own research. Usually during a few hours of dissecting a topic, he would see himself find a few bones to chew on, at least a tidbit of information that might be the start of a domino effect, seeing more information become forthcoming with each additional hour he committed. That was not the case today.
Four hours later, he was equally as perplexed as the article author, something that has never happened to him before. He'd never encountered a post that he could find absolutely no trace of. There were not even any other similar posts inquiring about the site. It felt like he'd stumbled onto some great unknown, a societal secret of sorts. At least for now, anyway. Research can give you an appetite, and Martin was already impatient, feeling he should have found a clue long ago. He decided he'd run down a few blocks and grab some beef-fried rice and chicken fingers from Little Star, one of his favorite and most convenient takeout spots. He picked up the phone and called in his order, then snagged his coat and headed for the door. Little Star was so awesome. Just the thought had him salivating. Some quick gratification was in order for his taste buds, since his mind wasn't able to execute for him in the same manner. Fucking weird-ass sight. It was really gnawing at him. He needed to know the rationale. Martin really wasn't bothered so much by walking through a sea of people. As long as they didn't interact with him, he was fine. He always just found himself apologizing and moving forward whenever a bum or a drug addict approached him with a question. Just eat the humble pie and move on. New York was filled with them. It was ironic how much she tried to avoid human interaction, yet he chose to live in a city with more people than just about anywhere. Thousands and thousands of people's faces, captured momentarily before being purged from his memories due to a lack of relevance. Today would be a day that logic changed for him, at least for one face, for the most part a very beautiful one. The only problem was, it wasn't supposed to exist. He couldn't believe his eyes when they came upon her. It was the Asian woman from his downloaded picture, the lone standstill in a mass of bustling bodies. It seemed obvious for a few reasons. One, she was about 20 yards away from him. Two, her red headscarf and matching collar popped out from the others. Three, a closed mouth painted with pink lipstick sparkled in the afternoon sunlight. Four. Her head was turned slightly, so he could only see the left ear, but it bore the same silver earring from the picture. He opened up his phone and reviewed the photo to make sure his eyes weren't deceiving him. There was no doubt about it. That was definitely the woman. What made it even more hair-raising was that she was staring a hole right through him. Out of a crowd of hundreds, they were the only two not moving. They were the only two just staring at each other. Martin had no idea what to do next. Should he just head over to Little Star and hope to lose her in the crowd? A more curious, risky part of him wanted to approach the girl, but then again, things like this don't just happen. In reality, there had to be a more sinister reason for an impossibility of this nature materializing. The gremlin had made it out of the Matrix. Before he could decide what action to take, the woman smiled at him. From his vantage point, he couldn't tell for certain, but it seemed like her teeth might be made of the same kind of barred enamel he'd seen in the photo of the old man. A chill ran down his spine, generating a body-jerking twitch. The woman turned her head slightly, now revealing a ball of knotted flesh in place of where most people's ears would reside. 
He angled his phone up and snapped a few quick pictures of the woman from a distance before turning around and heading back to his apartment. He didn't feel safe anymore and needed to lose her. He decided, thinking quickly, he should use a different route back to avoid tipping her off to his living quarters. Somehow she knew the city he lived in already. He wasn't sure if it would make a difference, but the precaution seemed logical. Maybe it could buy him a little more time. He rushed through the crowd of equally pushy New Yorkers knocking people aside in a way that he had never previously. A fear of the unknown racing through his body as his heart pounded. The sweat streaming from him in the brisk temperatures gave him an even more chilly feeling. After a few moments, he looked back and the woman was gone. He then blazed the trail of the fastest route to reach his studio. Once inside, he took the stairs in exchange for the elevator, rushing to the seventh floor. He quickly burst inside, deadbolting the door and setting the chain lock. He was breathing heavy, still unsure of what exactly was going on. He paced the living room a few moments before sinking into the couch, not any less disturbed than before. He put forth an effort to calm himself, stiffening his body in an attempt to suppress his trembles. He needed to slow the racing thoughts enough to be able to think. He was an intelligent guy. He could figure out a more rational explanation. His wheels began to turn finally, forcing himself into a less emotional poise. In his mind, he began to go through the possible scenarios, but none of them made any sense. They all seemed to point to one of three possibilities. 1. He had mistaken the woman. Somehow his eyes had deceived him. 2. A woman invented by AI moments ago crossed over from the digital realm to the plane of human existence. 3. He was having a severe mental breakdown. Comments updates. His thoughts were getting him nowhere fast. He needed to check the post again. The best he could hope for was that someone had updated it with additional findings, although he wasn't confident since he hadn't found anything himself, but it still seemed like the most sensible next step. He hammered down his desktop passcode onto the keys and navigated back to the message board. He clicked the post and refreshed the page just to be sure the most updated information was reflected. He immediately noticed a new comment had been left, which in turn birthed a nervousness and sense of anticipation grinding in his guts. The comment was from the same individual that had put up the original post. Technical Teddy 24 had just left an update about 10 minutes ago. Holding his breath, he clicked it preparing himself for a new level of strangeness in all likelihood. Do not download the images, is what the post was titled. He went on to make a cornucopia of additional bizarre claims. I downloaded three of these images to run through the facial recognition search engines I mentioned in my initial post. I know you're probably not going to believe me. It sounds so outlandish, I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. The people exist. Somehow they found me. They've been following me. I have no idea why. Each encounter's growing more terrifying. It has something to do with downloading the images. I can say that with measured reason, because the only three I've downloaded have appeared. The others that I've only viewed haven't. It's too specific to be a coincidence. I don't know what they want, but it can't be good. At first I thought I'd been drugged. I felt loony. 
and I quickly realized this wasn't the case when I saw the second one. Sure, maybe the first was a fluke, someone that looked like one of the pictures, or my research could have just oversaturated my brain, but once I saw the second one, I knew something extraordinary was afoot. He followed me on the subway, stalking me with an ominous approach, his dripping eyes staring a hole through me from the end of the train. I couldn't understand why the others weren't reacting to him. I managed to evade him just long enough to exit the train, but he was still in pursuit. A fraction of my anxiety was transposed with a measure of relief when I saw an officer. I ran up to the cop and pointed out the man who was still in slow stride to my direction, but clearly visible, as there was no one currently on the tier. To my astonishment, the officer asked if I was alright and informed me that there was no one on the tier. I asked him to look again. He kindly obliged, but to no avail. He gave me the same response, now looking at me like a complete crackpot. No one else can see them. I couldn't talk to him much longer as the man was closing in on me. I ran up the concrete steps, exiting the subdivision, and luckily was able to hail a cab before he surfaced. I was dropped off at my workplace, only to be greeted by the third one. She was by far the most terrifying, her head wholly distorted into a dead pool of revolving static pigments. I was able to lock myself in the men's room without it seeing me. I have no idea what it wants to do with me. I'm posting this so that there's a record. Hopefully others don't make the same mistake as I did. My name's Jack Oliver. I live on Sycamore Drive in Castleford. I don't believe in God, but may God help me. A new level of fear Martin wasn't previously privy to surged inside him. No one else can see them, he thought, searching for his cell phone. He opened the picture he'd taken earlier of the strange Asian woman in the crowd, except now it was only a picture of a crowd. She'd vanished. The camera couldn't see them either, apparently. His phone rang, startling him and cutting through the silence of his studio. It was Little Star. They were probably wondering where the hell he was. He declined to answer. He couldn't go back out with everything that had just been revealed. He should have just fucking ordered out in the first place. If he had gone with the pizza, he could have completely avoided the whole mess he was now immersed in. Maybe he was overthinking everything. He just needed to stay inside a few more days, and this whole episode could just blow over. Stop thinking about it. Stop giving it power. Pizza and video games sounded really good to him right now. He placed the order online at the only spot to order a pie in his opinion. Lord's Pizza. They had the best crust and always delivered quickly. He settled on two large meat lovers and a matching pair of two liter Cokes in case this might somehow be his last meal. He wanted to do it right. The thought of their tangy tomato sauce smothered in heaping melting cheese and more kinds of dead animal embedded in it than he could count just felt so right. He fired up the flat screen and then picked up his controller. He took a moment and reconsidered, deciding to pass on playing video games until he ate. He didn't want to stop his play midway or grease up the controllers. He'd instead just wait for the food first and then start. He switched the input and allowed the TV to help him drift away from the issues at hand. As he drifted in his mind, he closed his eyes, 
and blocked out the abundance of negative shit the newscasters continued to remind their audience of. In his mind, he was almost bordering on a meditative state, keeping his canvas as blank as possible. He was actually just picturing a blank canvas and leaving no room for anything else. He'd done this many times before to clear his head. Then slowly he would add different things to the portrait of a positive nature. First he added some of the elusive, fresh, beef-fried rice from Little Star. Moments later the rice was joined with the most golden, crispy-looking chicken fingers one could imagine. The stuff looked amazing, but that was just a warm-up. A 20-inch Lord's meat lovers hovered down beside the Little Star, spinning hypnotically like some sort of delicious UFO. Closing his eyes to imagine the food made him feel like a fat ass a bit, but it was better than the pressing alternatives. His daze was cut short by a gentle knock at the door. The pizza dude was finally there. He ran to the closet and snatched his wallet out of his inside pocket. The guiltiest of pleasures had made its way to him. Soon the madness encountered today would be at least temporarily overshadowed. In mere moments, he would have a warm pie steaming below his jaw as it quivered with excitement. He made his way back to the door, enthusiastically popping the deadbolt and removing the sliding chain. As he listened to the old door draw open, his face held the kind of childish delight you might see upon a toddler's at Chuck E. Cheese. It shifted rapidly when it revealed something he hadn't accounted for, something that the fat kid in him overlooked due to a hunger for the comforting garbage that we all crave from time to time. Instead of eating the repulsive cream of mushroom soup he had in his cupboard for unknown reasons, he was instead faced with the impossible, frozen at his doorstep. He was eye to eye with the Vortex Man, who was now oddly dressed in the angelic Lord's Pizza uniform that over time he'd come to find great relief in seeing. The uniform that always received a good tip and provided him with evenings of bliss had now taken a completely different form from the stoners that traditionally rocked it. Now it was modeled by the spike-haired 20-something-year-old that couldn't be staring at him because his eyes were glued shut. In fact, they were, but somehow Martin still sensed the man was acutely aware. Just like the photo he downloaded, his nose appeared fluid. This sort of constant running river that trickled down to a honeydew melon-sized vortex hovering over his chin and throat. The wormhole was a deep purple on the edges, turning into a midnight black that seemed to stretch forward for eternity like a hallway through a funhouse mirror would. There was an electric humming sound in addition to the static that might be produced from an old tube television. The Vortex Man looked to be cannibalizing himself in a strange digital sort of way. His literal running nose spiraled into him as it descended, twisting into the obscure before being consumed into the Vortex altogether. His worst fears had found him. Martin was unable to move, not because of his own fear or anything that was within his control to break free of. It was something else entirely something powerful beyond his comprehension. He tried with everything to move his legs and step away, but they simply wouldn't work. Moments later, even having the thought of moving was no longer possible. His mind blanked out, 
wiped clean of any thought in even its most basic prior functions. His eyes now fixated on the pulsating darkness as it circled before him, but only for another moment. His vision was the next thing to be taken. It turned off swiftly, like someone had put a black garbage bag over his head. The last thing Martin felt was an incredible, violent suction that drew his flesh and bones forward. He would have killed the scream to have a way to express the dread that he could no longer think about, but still somehow felt. Unfortunately, at this point, screaming and crying were faculties that he'd been stripped of. He was at the mercy of the Vortex. Doreen walked into the LaGrange Café, known for providing a quiet, more relaxing setting in Paris's normally hectic Latin district. She ordered a coffee, not the irritating, overly specific way that most people around there did. She was not there to provide a paragraph worth of instruction, just to get a drink. She grabbed the steaming beverage a moment later and found a cozy seat with a nice buffer zone away from others in the corner. She popped open her laptop and unlocked it while stealing a sip of her coffee. Her desktop was a spliced together version of many video game titles that she enjoyed playing. She opened her email, noticing the most recent notification was from a close friend. She selected it first, too curious of the contents. It read, Doreen, you have to look at this site. When I initially saw it, I knew you'd find hours of amusement on it. www.thispersondoesnotexist.com Tell me if you think it's real or what you make of it. Each time you refresh, it updates with a different person. I still haven't figured out if they really exist or not. Bridget Doreen paused only for a fraction of a moment after reading the note. Bridget was right. The title alone was irresistible to her. She quickly clicked the link and waited with anticipation for her browser to load. The only thing that came up was a single picture of what looked like a deformed man. His curly black hair seemed like the kind that was just impossible to style or make look decent. His face looked inconsistent patches of beard growing in different places, as if the individual had not quite hit puberty yet, except his face looked like that of a man in his thirties. The most disturbing part was the creepy purple and black blob around his chin and throat area. She couldn't seem to stop staring at it. It gave her the chills as she was transfixed by his image. She decided she would need to share this with Bridget before she refreshed to see the next one. Wondering if she'd seen any of these black hole glitches in people that she'd viewed on the site. Doreen cheerfully clicked on Martin's image and downloaded it. Poor Doreen. It seems she may be soon having a bad day, like our old friend Martin. It doesn't get much more disturbing than the ones who don't exist. 
But now it's time to ask yourself, is there really a website that uses AI to create people that don't exist, but makes them look strikingly human? Could these deformities and black holes appear on them? Or is this just some more clickbait for you to fixate on? Find out next week on Evil Examined.